Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about to books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Sawbones, a um, marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Uh, before every episode, Sydney and I like to talk a little bit about how we're going to introduce the topic at hand. We come up with all our great comedy bits. All the great, you know all the great bits that you know and love from Sawbones? That you just, you listen to our show just for those. Mainly for the bits. Uh, we, we, we like to talk about this a little bit before we uh, introduce an episode of the program. Uh, in, in today's episode, uh, we, we are talking about some cat. I don't know his name, but when oh, we were, I will tell you his name in a minute, when we were trying to come up with, uh, exactly how we would introduce this topic, the way Sydney pitched this gentleman to me was he was a weird dude who did some weird stuff and then he died. I mean, it's true. I mean, it about sums it up, right? Yeah. I just, I, it was hard to. You know, I mean, he did a lot of different weird things, and so, sorry. Well, Sydney, tell me about this. I'm sorry, it got bad ice. You know, if you let ice sit too long, it's like a weird taste. No, I don't like, I don't, see, I don't like too much ice. Also, I'm drinking beer, so if I put ice in my beer, what, what kind of person? You'd be my Nani. Nani puts ice in beer? And a little salt. Okay, well, a little salt, it depends on what, I mean, like... There's beer salt specifically for like Coronas and stuff. Who's this weird dude? But what about ice? Really? I don't know. Okay. That's how she likes it. No, I don't know about the ice. So let's talk about Ugh. it. I need new ice. <laughs> Remind me to make new ice. Ugh. It was that fish. It was that rotten fish in there that we discovered tonight. I know that, that we we couldn't figure out what was smelling bad in our refrigerator. And we didn't think that maybe the fish we'd had in there for two weeks could have been it. Dun, dun, dun. So that was the problem. CSI. You'd think we would have figured that out. When we almost ate it tonight, when we opened up the package to cook it and almost died. Almost died just from that. Just from that. Anyway, uh, don't worry about us. We had some extra cod, so everything worked out great. <laughs> like Sydney, you do. Like you do. Sydney, tell me about this weird dude who did weird stuff and then he died. Okay, so we are going to talk today about a weird dude named Paracelsus. That is probably if you've ever heard of him and you probably haven't. That's the name you've heard of, Paracelsus. However, that is not his full name. And I think his full name is important. Mm-hmm. He, he became known as Paracelsus later. Initially, he was known as Philippus Areolus Theophrastus Bombastus von Hohenheim. Wow, that's a lot of name. Yes. I mean, literally and just sort of like 
holistically. That's a lot of name to process. I'm I'm hoping that when he became known as Paracelsus, it wasn't like a like a Madonna thing. It wasn't just like, well, now I go by Paracelsus, or I guess more of a Prince thing. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping that's not what it was. It was like, no, now I am Paracelsus, Philippus, Ariolus, Theophrastus, Bombastus, von Hohenheim. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine that calling his name like if you were his teacher? Uh, Perry. <laughs> I'm just going to say Perry. And the kind of guy he is, he would have not he would have not been cool with that. No. First of all, I want to thank Kayla for suggesting this topic. Thanks, Kayla. If you want to suggest a topic for our show, email sawbones at maximumfun.org. I was not familiar with Paracelsus, so I looked him up, did some digging, and I am glad that I did. So first of all, this was a long time ago. He was born in 1493. Not that long ago in the grand scheme of Sawbones. I guess that's true. Yeah. I guess that's true. Uh, He was born in what is now Switzerland. He was a Swiss-German. I don't know what country or kingdom or whatever it was. He made great chocolate. That's all I know. No, that's Swiss colony. Do you remember those catalogs? Mm, no. The Swiss Colony catalogs? No. You don't remember those? We've actually reached our diversion limit already and we're four Sorry. minutes in. So. It was a chocolate catalog. Anyway, I mean, like it had chocolate in it. Okay. I'll take so your word for it. He he was a man of many of many hats. He was a physician. He was a botanist. He was an alchemist. A lot of hats, none of them personalized. Because where are you going to find that one? It'd have to go all the way around. They are. You they know? always have Perry. So it all the way around shop. the hat. They always they never have that whole mess. <laughs> Can you imagine if we went to Disney World and needed oh, one yeah. of the his name sewn Stitched on the back of the Mickey, Mickey Mouse hat. ears? Uh, so he was also an astrologer and a cultist, and he is known as the founder of toxicology. Wow. Okay. Good job, buddy. And like many of our famous ancient doctor dudes, he was kind of a mixed bag. So. Um, he was raised by his father, who was also a physician, and he actually started, we started schooling at age of 14, and he actually started his medical training at age of 16. Wow. Doogie. A real doogie over here. Now, with that in mind, though, I don't know that he ever actually completed formal medical training. With a name like that, why would you need to? No. Uh, he, he did a lot of traveling. He had been exposed to a lot of, like, mining when he was younger from the area where he was. And so he learned a lot about rocks and minerals and metals. And he actually was described in one of the, one of the uh, sources I read about him as a journeyman miner sometimes. Okay. Need a few extra bucks, get out there with a pickaxe, (laughs) go to town. So he took to, to much like Minecraft, he took to roaming the countryside. I'm into it. And uh, killing giant spiders and mining. Hitting pigs until they drop meat. Pork chops. Yep. And mining for minerals. Um, he studied at a lot of universities in his travels, uh, but he wasn't really impressed by them. Oh, this yeah. Is, and this is kind of a hallmark of Paracelsus. Uh, he was not really impressed by much. Mm. He actually said that um, he noted that he could not figure out how the high colleges managed to produce so many high asses. Uh, actually, a lot of high asses coming out of the modern, modern college system. Uh, <laughs> 420? Okay. I'm done. Okay. And I'm using that as in reference to a donkey, which is why it's acceptable right. at this moment. Right. That is to be not fair. a violation this is not, of our... No, this is not. No, it's like a donkey. You know. Um, he eventually, you know, thought that he probably knew better than all of the people that he studied under. 
and this is actually where the name Paracelsus comes from. He felt that he was following in the footsteps of Celsus, who was like this ancient Roman doctor who was well regarded and who was thought to be a genius. And uh, Paracelsus meaning like next to or, you know, yeah. after. Right. And he kind of thought he he was like better. Like, you know, Celsus, I'm better. I'm Celsus too. Electric Boogaloo, next, is that where you're the going? The next Celsus. The Reckoning. The Reckoning. And and so he, he took that name Paracelsus at this point so that he could show everybody like, hey, hey, just in case you were wondering. You know how you were into way into Celsus? Well, get ready for the next generation. Uh, he spent some time as an army surgeon for a while. So let's hope at this point he had actually learned how to do surgery from somebody. Although who knows who knew how to do surgery? It was like the 1500s at this point. Right. We don't know. Um, it's interesting because you'll read that he was taken captive in Russia at some point, and he either escaped, is what I read most commonly, is that he was he was captured by the Tartars and he escaped, or or he became a favorite of the court, like the, the, the royal court there, mm-hmm. and became a friend to them. So he was like released because everybody loved him so much, and he hung out there with like the royal family, and then they took him on more travels, which is actually how he ended up at some point in like Constantinople and he found opium and that. Or, you know, yeah. it could have been both. Maybe he was taken captive and just over time he sort of wormed his way into the social strata and uh, became a beloved court figure. Possibly. Either that or he escaped. Either that or he escaped. Eventually he settled down and started practicing medicine and. He had he'd kind of built up a reputation at this point. Um, and, and you'll read this a lot if you read about Paracelsus, that there's all this folklore that surrounds him of all the people all over Europe and Asia and, and all over that he cured in his travels. Now, I can't find mention of a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. I don't know who they are, but whoever it was, whatever he did, by the, you know, the time he settled down in the 1500s to start practicing medicine, he was quite... The guy. Sounds like he was maybe selling some of his own hype there. Uh, Probably. And he was asked to teach at the local university at this point. So he was not only practicing medicine, but he was teaching medicine. And this is where his reputation for being arrogant really is founded. Um, He was very, he, he thought that he knew better than not just everybody who was practicing medicine at the time, but everybody who had practiced medicine pretty much before him. So, well, statistically speaking, probably so. Considering the time period he lived in. But let me let me point out, he was not just a physician, he was also an alchemist and an, an astrologer. Okay, you're, so, you're getting off the, the path a little bit. Perry. So, yeah. Uh, but he would make a big show of burning medical texts. Because <laughs> those were easy to come by in the 1500s, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and so he would take these these ancient tomes that were you know the foundation for everything that they did at the time and burn them to show that he <laughs> disagreed um and make like kind of public spectacles out of it he yeah. he called basically all other doctors quacks and that included you know hippocrates and galen and avicenna all of the kind of fathers of medicine not, not that you pl- were following at that plenty, point though right not plenty you know, he didn't mention Pliny, but I bet he also thought Pliny was a quack. It, weirdly, uh, he didn't mention Pliny, but Pliny mentioned him. It, <laughs> nobody knows how it happened, but Pliny totally had a section about him. Pliny could do that. I have faith in Pliny. 
Um, he also, I thought this was kind of a cool thing he did. He would give his lectures at the medical school and the university, he would give them in German, when at the time it was traditional that you would give any kind of um, higher learning type lecture, especially in a medical school in Latin, because that way you could only, you were only passing on information to other people who were of the same level of learning as you. Code, secret code, right? Yeah, like if you know Latin, then you're of a certain position in the social strata and in the you know educational hierarchy, and so you get to know this information. We would never lecture in whatever the local language was because then it would be available to the, to the general public, and he didn't believe that. He thought that the common man should have this information just as, you know, kind of the ivory tower folks. So. I'm with him there. Okay. I, I agree. I thought that was a pretty cool thing. It was he was the WebMD of his time, <laughs> and and he did. I will say this: he believed in, as opposed to just reading, you know, the the writings of Hippocrates and assuming that he had it all figured out and not thinking for yourself. He said, "Why don't we try to observe the natural world?" He kind of hinted at the idea of a scientific method, like you know, testing things, figuring out what works and not just doing what people before us have done. So these were some good ideas. Um, he, it's unclear if he believed in magic because that was a popular thing at the time. There were still a lot of physicians who believed in magic and would tell you that like curses were the reason you were sick and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And in some, you know, in some places they'll say, well, he did not like the other phys- physicians of the time believe in magic. But he did he did have some magical thinking that I'll get into when we kind of get into the astrology stuff. He did disagree with the four humor system. Good. Which was still the predominant thought at the time. He disagreed with bloodletting. Good. And I think this is probably a, one of the most important things that he did at the time was that he did not feel that infection was part of the natural process of a wound healing you know, because it was believed that like the wound, you would you would get a wound like in battle or something, you get struck with a sword or whatever, and you were supposed to like rub dung in it or something like that, and then it would get really infected, and that was normal, like that's what's supposed to happen. Sure. And he it's said, "It's a good burn." Yeah, and he said, "No, maybe we should leave it clean. Mm-hmm. Maybe not rub stuff in it. Maybe just like let it be." You medieval screwheads, maybe. Maybe that's a better idea, which okay. was, you know. Well, I mean, I, he seems cool. I'm I, I, I'm into it so far. I'm not crazy about the book burning, but, you know, got to stay warm somehow. Here's the problem. So as I mentioned, he was also an astrologer. Uh, he he believed in, and this is where I, I would argue he does have some magical thinking. He believed that talismans could cure a lot of different illnesses. <laughs> Okay. So he created a lot of different talismans that you could wear depending on your illness as well as your zodiac sign to protect you from the illness. So he invented Etsy pretty much. There you go. He, Basically. He knitted talismans. He knitted talismans. <laughs> bespoke zodiac talismans. Uh, he also invented his own alphabet to use on the talismans. So like... I guess you would have your name on it. So they were personalized. They were personalized talismans that he would make you. It's and Perry E's for strength. Trust me, that's what it says. It says strength. <laughs> and he used the alphabet that he invented that was called the alphabet of the Magi. <laughs> and it was a an angelic alphabet, I guess, divinely inspired. This guy's like a, 
This guy's like a living Led Zeppelin album. <laughs> this is, I, this this has to be in Pyramid Catalog, right? Right. Like you have Only to be thing. able to find this. Like ancient an wisdom teaches us of the power of the zodiac. Paracelsus, alphabet of the Magi. Ancient talisman. doctor Paracelsus created the alphabet of the Magi to help us transmute the wishes of the universe and to realize <laughs> potential. With this necklace, just fifty nine ninety nine, you'll be able to harness the potentiality that the universe has in store. For you, $5.99 shipping and handling. If you want it personalized, want it but that's going to be an extra $35. We do ship internationally. Um, he also, by the way, I mentioned that he, he had traveled to Constantinople and he learned about opium there. And in this time period, he also kind of invented laudanum, oh, yeah? you know, the, the tincture of how, how opium and alcohol. Of, how does one kind of invent something? Well, I mean, he just did. He just did. Okay, yeah, he was it. one of the first people to be using and pushing the idea of laudanum, which is kind of a double-edged sword there. Yeah, we got into some rough patches with that yeah, in the next few hundred years. It seemed like a good idea at the time. I mean, it's great. We didn't have a lot of pain medicine, but still. Um, he, so I mentioned that he didn't believe in the four humors. He believed that all disease boiled down to three substances. Okay. Sulfur, mercury, and salt. No. No. But he thought that all diseases were caused by an imbalance too much of one of these things. And he kind of saw them as like akin to the body, like the salt was the body, mercury represents your spirit, and sulfur represents your soul. I'm not sure why those two things are different, by the way. But. So his problem with the four humor system is that it was overly complex. There were really <laughs> just three different things. Exactly. Got it. And he he came up with the idea that while in high doses, these things could poison you, you know, if you had too much of one or the other, uh, if you have the right amount of sulfur, mercury, and salt in your body, then that's good. And he was the one who came up with the idea, and I think I actually quoted him on, a, on another episode without realizing it, that the, the dose makes the poison. Hmm. That, you know, something taken in small doses may be good for you, but if you get too much of it, then it could be poisonous. Which is which is why part of why he's known as the father of toxicology. If this is the reason he yields into the show, the dose makes the poison would be a pretty sweet tattoo. If you want to get one. That would be a sweet tattoo. Wouldn't that be a sweet tattoo? Yeah. I'm not going to do that, but, no. but it would be. Get it under your caduceus. That'd be cool. But then I'm quoting Paracelsus, and he also believed that there were seven centers in the body that corresponded with the then seven known planets true, and seven minerals. True, true, can prove. Ready? Heart, <laughs> lungs, brain, genitals, feet, hands, butt. How many are we at? <laughs> <laughs> Lost track. No. Keep tummy, going. Tummy. Uh-huh. Spirit. Okay. Will. Imagination. That was a bad job. That's not that's definitely job. more than seven. Too. Way more than seven. Trim a few off in editing. I'll fix it in post. So at the time, and, and this is this is more problematic. So the seven known planets were the sun, the moon. <laughs> okay, so we're already off to a bad start. All right, all right, Isaac Mizrahi. <laughs> and then Jupiter, Venus, Saturn, Mars, and Mercury. Okay. By the way, what about Earth? Who can see? I can't see Earth. I guess that's true. But I'm looking maybe, up. I can see. I can see seven planets. Maybe this is still geocentric type. 
it must be Time. man it's it must be rough for people on planet sun it seems <laughs> like a bad gig and if um so you could you know you could call upon like the powers of these planets to help you like if, for instance if you have a problem with your heart then that corresponds to the sun and the the mineral you need is gold okay so you take some gold and you'll get better but if you take too much gold you'll die okay um similarly let's say your gallbladder is giving you trouble then you could ask mars for help or you could just take some iron okay these are not good ideas by the way i wouldn't do any of this and now i will say this was a revolutionary idea that something like some sort of chemical or a mineral could be used for a medication at the time medicines were all herbal right they were all plant-based so the idea that you would make something in a lab well or what would you know be akin to a lab use chemistry was pretty revolutionary but again it was kind of based on the wrong idea because he thought that like i said diseases were caused by poisons from the stars only poisons if they're in certain doses and combined with certain things so Mm -hmm. you know kind of off track there all right um he did come up with the idea of using mercury for syphilis hey that and that's that's a good treatment or a bad no treatment? I, I mean I it was it was w- no it's not a good treatment we don't use that but it was a popular treatment for syphilis for many many years to come so i mean he left his mark it wasn't a great mark but he left it yeah literally for a lot of people using mercury to treat syphilis um th- so you mentioned there's some like there's some folklore about him can you hit me with some of that Justin, I would love to hit you with some folklore, but before I do that, why don't you follow me on down to the billing department? Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier then you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to. Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool. Think of it as the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the Easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff 
that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sid, I'm ready. Whisk me away with the uh, the folklore based around my man Perry. So I think, you know, like I said, I tried to dig up all the different what exactly made this guy such a legend? One story in particular that I thought was interesting is, so we've talked about the plague before. Indeed we have. Yes, and it lasted many centuries. So the plague of the 16th century, that iteration of the plague, uh, was obviously devastating whole towns, and nobody was making a lot of headway in, in treating it. I and mean, we talked about all the ridiculous things, strapping chickens to them and you know, a lot of Sat- bloodletting. Sachets of poopery. Yes, in, in your, your mask. In your giant nose mask. Horrifying masks. If I, By the way, if I see one of those plague masks, seriously, plague, take me. Just take me away. At least I won't be scared <laughs> of the guys with the weird crow beaks. Who are using their canes to examine you. Who come ah, at you with a cane so they can lift your clothes up and I look underneath it. and go, yep, he's dying. Help. Somebody, anybody. <laughs> so... Nobody was made. Nobody's making much headway with the plague. It is said that Paracelsus did. However, when you hear how he did, I I think I'd be a little. I don't know. I, I'd be. A I'm skeptical. a lot less judgy than you, but why are you skeptical? Okay, so he went to a small town that was being completely devastated by the plague, and he decided, you know. Uh, he, this is actually one of the reasons he's credited as being one of the forerunners of homeopathy. Mm-hmm. Remember, like cures like. Right. So if you take a small, small substance, substance of the thing that's making you sick, it will make you better. So he had this idea, like, all these people were really sick. They were, he, he noticed that a lot of them were, like, having a lot of gastrointestinal distress, throwing up, having diarrhea. So he made pills for them out of bread that's fine but he also would use a little bit of the patient's own excrement or vomit or something something that came out of them that was probably pretty gross he'd get a, a tiny little bit on a needle point and put it into the bread oh, pill you're ruining good bread and then you would take that i used to make bread pills from the school rolls you know, oh, you were you on one track. of those? Were you one of those kids? You rip the white stuff out of the school roll, and you, of course, you throw the weird roll rind away, um, crust, if you will. I no thank you, and you just roll it into a ball. And I wouldn't swallow it; I'd go ahead and eat it. But you do roll it into a, kind of a bread pill. There, that's the wrong answer. You're supposed to dip it into the ice cream scoop shaped mound of mashed potatoes. Perfect. That, that's an excellent choice too. Yeah. 
Man, I love school rolls. Anyway. That's you, a, you probably wouldn't have liked these pills. That's another podcast, our upcoming podcast, <laughs> all about school rolls. Now. You cannot buy them. You cannot buy those or a weird rectangular school pizza. Don't even try. They're not available. And, and you know you can't buy school rolls based on the simple fact that Justin does not weigh 600 pounds. Right. If you got a hookup, by the way. P.O. Box 54, <laughs> West Virginia, 257 if, if you see Justin on my 600-pound life, you know we found school rolls. <laughs> <laughs> so, Imagine that. I get on TV and I get to eat a bunch of school rolls. Okay. Yeah. Don't no, mind if I do. No, please don't. If you know we're there, don't tell us. Don't tell us. So I, it is said that this worked really well and that this town did fared better than most. Did it. Poopy bread pills worked pretty good. That's why I have a problem with this. Yeah. I need some empirical evidence. There was also a, a very famous classics publisher. I think that's, that sounds so sophisticated for the time period. Like we're making bread poop pills for people to take for the plague. And then there's a, a, a classics publisher who was well known throughout okay. the area. Uh, named Fabinius, who the <laughs> the way the God, if that's not the most wedgieable name ever, nuclear wedgie for what's his name again? Fabinius. That was his, <laughs> now. Dude, that was his last name. Not. Since, I think it was Johan Fabinius. Not since Minkus has there been such an uh, innately wedgieable name. So Frobenius had some sort of leg problem as far as I can. Now, and this again, like he, so he had a leg problem. I don't know what that means. I don't know the nature of his leg problem, but whatever it was, Paracelsus supposedly fixed it mm-hmm. and he was celebrated for fixing his leg. But then Frobenius died later of said leg problem. Okay, so it must have well, been a pretty big leg problem. I would love to know what the leg problem was. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to say. So I, but this is part of what made his, made him a name. Um, he also was then sued, I think in conjunction with this incident, uh, and had to flee the town, which mm-hmm. is kind of a, a theme in his life. Like he would travel around to these different places, practice medicine, supposedly save everybody's life but then have to flee before he could even take his writings with him sort of like a uh an old-timey version of the bill bixby incredible hulk just moving from (laughs) town to town at the end of it with his thumb out because he killed everybody with his weird poop bread pills. <laughs> but then he, but then I guess he would go to the next town and be like, hey, you know what I did back there? Good news. Don't I, call I saved, them. Don't ask. Well, you can't call them. There are no phones. Do, okay. Don't telegraph them. No. But um, uh, things things are going great there, and I helped everybody. And they just said that I need to come share my special gift with you. So I'm going to come help you now. Congratulations. What a, what a thrill you, this must be for do, you. Do you have any bread? <laughs> or poop. <laughs> so he... So like I said, he's he's writing, he's traveling all over Europe, and it's important to know that as he leaves different places, he he leaves so quickly often because he's upset someone that he leaves his writings behind wherever he is. So he's writing down all of his ideas and theories and like taking on, you know, hundreds of years of medical knowledge and and then he's abandoning these papers and and taking off. Mm-hmm. And sadly, it is among these many travels that he then dies no uh nobody really knows why he was found dead in the white horse inn in 1541 and it was 
it, there was actually one site that thought it was it like a been 41 48 48 mm-hmm. pretty good at the time yeah not bad not a bad run no so uh, you know who knows there were a, a million things at the time that that killed people that early but uh there was there was actually one site i read had kind of like a conspiracy theory about it like Oh, maybe he was taken out because he was challenging the popular medical knowledge of the time. Right. I would doubt that. Um, but as as with most people who, you know, make a small impression in their life, but then leave behind tons of writings, he was much more celebrated in his death. So about 100 years later, people start start finding and collecting and putting together all of this this stuff that he wrote and left all over Europe, basically. And people began to use this as a basis for a new medical theory and take on the ideas of Hippocrates. So all of a sudden, these, you know, giants of medical knowledge are being uprooted by this group of physicians, if you want to call them that, who are saying, we don't need to read books about medicine to be doctors. We just need to look at the natural world and... For some reason, the, this was a religious movement, too, so also read the Bible, and then you can be a doctor. But oh. you don't need to study or go to school or have any formal education or training he to be really a doctor. He is the WebMD of people. <laughs> you don't need to know anatomy. That was that was part of their movement was like, anatomy is whatever. You know, you do need to know chemistry. They did, thought, they did think that was important. Okay. Drug companies would love these people. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to know anything about the human body, but you do need to know how to make drugs for it. So if you could do that. Perfect. Um, and That's where the money is. And, and this, is where, this is where his impact is really seen, is this led to the widespread use of chemistry, as well as different minerals and metals in medicine, and the idea that, hey, maybe we could make medicines, not just like get stuff out of plants and give it to people, but maybe we could cook stuff up and it would, it would have an effect on people, which obviously is something that is commonplace and we do every day now Hmm. um one little thing i thought i would mention if you if you read about paracelsus a lot of places you'll you'll see the claim that his name is the origin of the word bombast it had uh bombastius in it bombastus von hohenheim that's not true um they, they thought that because of the way that he like i mentioned several times he was known to be a very arrogant guy who said a lot of you know, deprecating things to the people around him. Uh, that is not the origin of the word, but I think it should be. I thought I would leave you with one more quote from him to illustrate my point. Uh, Let me tell you this. Every little hair on my neck knows more than you and all your scribes, and my shoe buckles are more learned than your Galen and Avicenna, and my beard has more experience than all your high colleges. So fresh. So... Thank you, Barry. Thank you for everything, my friend. I think I'm kind of a fan. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, that would not make as good of a tattoo, but I guess if you want to devote your whole back to it, why not? Uh, thank you so much to the taxpayers for letting us use their theme song, uh, uh, Medicines. Well, it's our theme song. It's just their regular song, Medicines. Um, uh, thank you to people who are tweeting about the show. Jennifer Miller, Elizabeth Lair. That both of them were wondering where the show was. So here it is. Now you're hearing it. <laughs> uh, thank you to uh, see Jacob Mercy, uh, Jacqueline, Liz Harvatine, Corey Haddon, Corey Russell, two Corys there, Nicole Finch, uh, Chithuloops, 
J.P. Burke, that four-eyed kid, Greg Dolberg, Karen, so many others. Uh, we're at Sawbones uh, on Twitter, so you can follow us there. Also, um, if you could leave a review uh, on iTunes for our show, that would certainly help us spread the word. Subscribe, tell somebody you know, and uh, if you leave a review, make sure to tell us. I'm Justin McElroy, uh, uh, at Justin McElroy on Twitter. And I'm at Sydney McElroy. Thanks to the Maximum Fun Network for having us uh, as part of their family. Uh, there's a ton of great shows you can uh, go listen to right now. Stop podcasting yourself uh, to... Uh, very lovely Canadians, uh, just just sort of uh, just chatting. Sometimes with the guests, they're re- they're really funny fellows, and I think you're really gonna like that. Uh, Jordan Jesse Go is another great sort of talk comedy program. Uh, Destination DIY, The Goose Down. Uh, I I could go on. My brother, my brother, and me. Thank you. Uh, is there anything I'm forgetting, sister? Nope. And uh, thank you so much to you for listening. We'll be back with you next Tuesday with another episode of Sawbones. Until then, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. As always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.